You're listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast. For more on Screening in Kingston, more episodes, info about our movie clubs, and a lot more fun movie content, visit screeninginkingston.com. going to be one of those low energy weeks taylor this is uh this is what we like to call in the biz a uh, filler episode yeah are you gonna share with our uh, our listeners why you're low energy i was sick for 24 hours on couch friday you're couch bound could not move to save my life on friday it was awful i felt terrible i thought this is it i have covid it's finally gotten me. And then I woke up Saturday and I wasn't a hundred percent, but I could move and most of my symptoms were gone. And aside from like a lingering, like sore throat, I've been perfectly fine. Like out of, out of caution, I haven't really gone anywhere or did anything this weekend and I've tested negative and I wanted to be super cautious, but I just haven't done anything for three days. Couldn't go to the movie theater and just thought, I was, I, I don't know. I thought I was just done. I was done for on Friday. It's very dramatic. Toast. So, and you know, yeah. funnily enough, Mike, I did not feel well on Sunday, but I think I was dehydrated. Mm. <laughs> Actually, I, my, my theory is now I can't explain why I'm having a, a sore throat that lingered, but that could be anything. I did. I did a lot of physical activity for like three days in a row in the sun and the heat. And maybe it was just like a heat stroke kind of deal. Yeah, you could have dizzy. I couldn't really move much. I couldn't re- like I couldn't like walk around and do things. I basically had to just lay in bed, overheated, dizzy. So that could be it. But I don't know why my throat's been so sore. Like you know, you know that like every time you you talk, swallow, do anything, your throat is just throbbing. Yeah, that was the feeling all weekend. Today is the first day where it's like, it's not perfect, but it feels better. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know well, what that was. But. Amateur doctors, Dr. MD, WebMD, write in, diagnose Mike. Yes, diagnose know. me. Uh, and also, it's yeah, just because I don't have COVID doesn't mean we can't be sympathetic. You know, COVID's taken all the sympathy away from every other sickness. People are like, oh, did you have COVID? No. Oh, all right. You're fine then. Like, whatever, like, whatever else you, you have, like, who cares? Like, you don't have COVID, you're fine. So, yes, uh, everyone diagnose me. That's your task this week. And um, send your well wishes. Because we're, yeah, so it's a low energy episode, and we, we kind of, we both streamed things. Um, I don't know what your rationale behind streaming was. Mine was inability to go anywhere. Um, so I just was like, stream something. And also, can I just say, there was pretty much nothing opening in the movie theaters this past week. Um, I was going to see Beast, which is the movie with Idris Elba fighting a lion. That was what I was going to see. <laughs> that was made the headlines because his daughter auditioned. And I don't know if it he said this or the director, but they said, so his daughter auditioned to play his daughter in that movie. And okay. the powers that be were like, no, the chemistry is wrong. <laughs> and so she did yeah. take care. But that's that's often true. Often people who who are like like they say that about um, couples 
where their right. chemistry in a film sucks because it's it's good in real life. And I think the same could be said about family. Like not every family is going to have like the perfect on-screen chemistry because it is different. Like acting isn't being yourself. Like it's putting on a thing and you're, you have to perform. You have to put, you can't overperform, especially for film. So it's probably... I could believe, I could at least see that. I think it's funny. I think that's funny, though. That he's probably a producer on that movie. So, and, uh, could have stepped The headline in. was like, she didn't talk to him for like a week. I yeah. mean, I probably, I wouldn't talk to my dad if he was. Yeah, absolutely. That's a that's an absolutely <laughs> terrible Valid. parenting decision. For a movie, especially like, I just got to say, you know Beast. what movie you're doing. Like when you do, do that movie, Beast, it's like Idris Elba and his family get like lost in, I don't even know where, somewhere in Africa, obviously. And he he fights a lion. Like I was gonna go see it just because this is the only thing I have. It definitely and this has is what a I watch. A definitely a B movie premise. Yes. So why would you care if your daughter was in it and the, the chemistry was off? Like the movie's not gonna be any good. Like what are you talking about? Like the best you can get is so bad it's good. Like that it's a good B movie. That's the best you could hope for. I don't know what they were thinking. How so I wouldn't make talk a, to them either. How can you make a whole movie about the dad fighting a lion because like, well, the they've climax... done it so many times they've done it so many times like how many movies have we Sharknado. seen where, where yeah shark or like jason statham's fighting a me- megalodon or like uh what's didn't vin diesel punch a rocket or something like i thought something happened the rock fought a crocodile like it always there's always gonna be it's so easy to make those movies that's yeah because the premise enough. is so simple what do you need they, they're they're on a safari I'm just guessing. I don't actually know. But they're on a safari and they go out and somehow they get separated from their guide, maybe. And they get into like an accident and this lion starts hunting them and they're lost. at that. Like, it's so simple. And you can make it. It's probably more about like there's more heart. It's about oddly enough, it's about family. <laughs> it's like about connecting to your family. Um, just like a quiet place isn't really about, you know, uh, uh, post-apocalyptic monsters like there's a story and heart and family to it like they always try to make it about something else so i think that's why he could make it an hour and a half long movie because there's just so much like you need nothing and it's i don't think it's going to be any good but that that was my choice i had that or nothing what else would i go or i could go see bullet train which you just reviewed yeah the options weren't great and uh i thought oh, I, th- I feel like i've been to the movies a lot lately i deserve a break not leaving my house <laughs> and uh so this this is actually a dan pick dan picked this movie and it's so mm-hmm. rare that he wants to sit down and watch the movie and well like a new movie mm-hmm. he's not normally into new movies so anyway he has his like favorites like his things are like these are the movies that he loves and yeah yeah so and he also we're of the same opinion that most new movies are not very good, <laughs> which <laughs> certainly seems to be the trend recently. Yeah. I feel like if I, it would be interesting to crunch the numbers to look at when we started the show to now, if our seats have declined. Oh, they definitely have. Oh, they definitely It's not us, Mike. Like I just really do believe so. movies have are really probably now but anyway so we picked 13 lives and listeners mike advertised it wrong on our social media channels it is not a netflix movie as he put so wrongly put out it's actually an amazon prime movie 
Well, I also, I didn't say this anywhere, but I just thought it was a documentary. So yeah, it's an actual, <laughs> well, you know, it's confusing. Because so I was very wrong. <laughs> several months ago, the screening room, it might actually be like a year ago now. It's hard to keep track with all of the lockdowns and how we were at the screening room. We weren't at the screen. You know what I mean? It's hard. It's very hard to keep track. There was a documentary made about this event. So oh, okay. you're not wrong, Mike. There was a documentary I mean, okay. made. Yeah, but that makes sense. Um, I watched the movie and it's on Amazon Prime and it was released at the beginning of August. So I don't believe this had a theatrical run or if it did have a theatrical run, it was like very, very, very limited. Right. Like it was right. it was like a quote unquote direct to streaming <laughs> movie, I guess you could say, which sounds, you know, like we say um, direct to video was like derogatory like you knew it wasn't going to be a good movie if it was direct to video do you remember that yeah. like oh um, yeah yeah so many but, sequels went direct to video yeah yeah but now you would say direct to streaming it's not a bad thing it just not necessarily skipped. you know what i mean it just but it makes it sound like oh it must be a b movie it's direct to streaming no yeah. well, it's okay yeah. <laughs> anyways i'll get into it with my review yeah i th- i definitely thought it was a uh, a documentary so i was wondering about that as well um and yeah and then i saw <laughs> watched i watched 13 the musical we didn't plan um, this by the way to have two 13 this. movies when you texted me that that was the plan i had our like you were gonna watch you know your movie i had already decided that i couldn't leave and so I had to, like, I was already going through Netflix and I had found, I maybe a, maybe an hour before you texted me, I had found 13, the musical. And I thought, oh, I directed the stage musical of this. Maybe I will review. Like I had no, I, I didn't even know it had, there was going to be a movie of it. It really surprised me. I didn't even know anyone knew this musical other than me existed. Like I thought I was the only person who knew that this was an actual and fit. the people who were in your musical that you directed they knew well yes no they, yes they of course knew. <laughs> uh i meant i meant Tw- 25 I meant people of, tops yeah no 25 knows. people 30 35 people tops knew about the music i, I was just so surprised because it's not a it's a relatively newish like within the past 15 10 15 years musical and it's not one of the big ones. And I just never thought like, why would you ever, ever make uh, a, a movie out of this one was, was kind of my, uh, my thought process because there's what I'm going to talk about in this is there isn't, I don't know who the audience is for this. Um, so yeah, I, I thought that'll be interesting. This is a surprise. I'm going to watch this. And then you texted that you, what you were going to watch. And I thought, Oh, there you go. We're watching 213 completely without communicating with each other. So very uh, a bad luck weekend. I uh, yeah. in the I'm looking forward to your review because I too have never heard of this. Did not know it was on Netflix. Like, is it a new Netflix release? Yeah, yeah, it's very new. Like, I think okay. it, within the week, like right. it was just released within a, the past week. And I don't quite know the story behind how this thing got made. I know quite a bit about the musical itself because, again, my, my theater company produced it um, years and years ago. But it makes sense for us to do it 
because it was a we're a youth we were a youth theater company. So well, it it was about thirteen year olds. So it, it yeah, made I was, sense. Mike, I was gonna say the um poster you shared, the Spanish poster that you shared mm-hmm. on social media. Mm-hmm. It's all um, I could find. <laughs> they look really young. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, all what the is actors, this? All the actors were some of them were I you could tell fourteen, fifteen, right. but many of them were like on on the cusp yeah our 12 and 13 where it's like you're just especially the lead who i thought was like perfectly cast uh because his voice is like cracking throughout and it just works so well uh for the character and for for that age but yeah like when we did the show we 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 did it with you know high school kids who ran the gambit from 13 to like 17 because you know it's the whole show does have a variety of characters from high school in it. Um, this but isn't, I just... Okay. This isn't related to the movie 13 with Evan Rachel Woods, is it? No. Okay. No, this is about... This is just about turning 13. Uh, specifically, uh, a young kid who, who's going to uh, have his uh, bar mitzvah. Uh, and okay. his parents, unfortunately, get a divorce just before the bar mitzvah and he gets dragged out of like he was living in New York city and he ends up in this like middle of nowhere, small town in the U S uh, where there are no, no one is Jewish. Um, and he is trying to get people to go to his bar mitzvah. Uh, and that's, the whole, it's very funny. It's a very funny. Yeah, it sounds cute. Um, yes. It's very, if, if you're looking for like a wholesome, just fun evening of watching something that really like doesn't matter and has no stakes whatsoever throw on 13 the musical because it is pretty funny like i think the stage shows way funnier than the movie like they still did the weird thing with translating a musical to a movie where they cut out like a lot of stuff for no reason like they really changed things and i don't think like to me sometimes you change stuff and it's like oh you're modernizing it or oh that's a new song and it's more like modern music and it more suits the character okay fine but sometimes they change major plot points and you just have to question like, what are you doing? Like, why, why would you change that? It was so much funnier and better in another way. Um, so yeah, it's uh it's definitely, it was, it was more of a nostalgic watch for me. I was remembering actually putting on the show uh, while watching it, which was kind of interesting. Um, but before we get more into that, we, um, <laughs> We have some fun stuff to talk about for our 200th episode celebration and our four-year celebration, which is coming up in just a few weeks. That'll be September 13th, so three weeks from today-ish? Three weeks. Three weeks-ish. Um, so several, as we kind of announced quickly last week that we're going to bring back guests who have come on the show for various reasons and that you, our fans, are going to vote on what topic you want them to talk about. We've started to hear back from people. So we now know who some of our guests are. So we can announce that making their returns to the show will be Tyler Vance, of course, our TIFF correspondent, Nicole, our, uh, I I guess it's not really a correspondent, the Real Outs director, Matt Salton, will also be returning. Guest host. Yes, that's right. Matt has guest hosted several times. Uh, Matt will be returning to the show as well. Um, so those those three guests are confirmed to be coming back, though we know we, we don't want to get the... We, we're pretty sure a fourth guest is confirmed, but I think, Taylor, you're going you're gonna to follow. I'm on it. 
we're going we're gonna to make sure that fourth guest, but that's that'll be guest number four. Also, uh, producer Austin will be putting a segment together uh, for us. So we're looking forward to that. And very exciting, making his debut on the show will be Josh the Inquisitor. We will have the Inquisitor on the show. Now, we're not going to let you vote on this topic because we've already decided what that is. Um, Taylor, you and I will be turning around the Inquisition onto Josh the Inquisitor. And for 15 minutes, you and I will be asking the Inquisitor random film questions, rapid fire style, exactly the way he asks us. <laughs> Quick que- answer questions of different things. And we're just going to fire. We're not going to tell him in advance what any of the questions are. And he's just going to have to tell us all about his, his movie interests and ranking random films. And uh, I've, got a, oh, I've got a really good question for him. It's really going to mess them up. Where do it. you get off? Yeah, good question one. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? What gives you the right? <laughs> um, so I've, I've, got a, I've got a couple of really good ones for him. But yeah, Josh the Inquisitor will, will make his debut. Now, we put out a couple for fans listening. Maybe check your inboxes. We did put out a few more inquiries just to a couple of people who've written in several times. Just saying like, hey, if you want to come on the show, you can. You don't have to, though. Like, there's no pressure. If you want to create something like Austin's doing, you can do that, too. We have fun with that. We'll create a segment. Um, we can even ask someone else to come on. And and if you need, like, a third person for whatever reason, if there's some sort of thing to it, we always um, have people who are willing to do that. Or we'll just make Tyler Vance do it. Um, you know, he, what's he doing? He's just solving the world's Science. energy problems or yeah, whatever he's doing. Um so yeah, we'll, uh, we've got all that confirmed. We probably keep an eye, I guess, this week as we hear back from a few people. We'll try to get that voting thing up on there. And voting turnaround will have to be pretty fast because we're going to try to pre-record all this stuff from people in the next couple of weeks. So just look out for that on our social media um, and we'll make sure it's on our website as well. But those are the confirmed guests all to be joining us for that special for your uh, episode where well, lots of other things are happening too. We're going to have some fun surprises on that episode. We're going to be reviewing Fast and the Furious 5 for some reason um, because that's what everybody wants us to do. The so that'll be fun. I, I got to find it. it. Yeah, I got to find Fast 5 actually. I, I don't know where to get it. Are they on Amazon? Okay, I think so. Great. great. Well, then uh, we'll have to watch that. But with no context, can't watch any of the other ones. Nope. Just got to be Fast 5 and jump in the middle. Um, and other fun things will happen. It'll be a good episode. I'm looking forward to it. I thought you were going to jump in there and say something. Oh, no. so anyway, I do. I gonna... do. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> awesome. Party time. <laughs> Normally, you're a little more intuitive. And when I stop talking, you jump in there. But I guess that was it. Hey, you were Sorry. content. <laughs> you were content with it. I thought oh, that's you, good. You've said it all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're just like feet up, like oh, I thought you had this. I'm fine. Yeah. Um, all right, let's get to. We just have a just have fan question from Josh the Inquisitor this week. So just the one fan question this week from Josh. Uh, he says, "Oh hey, Mike, who was the better thirteen director, you or Tamara Davis?" Ooh. Um, <laughs> listen, there are things that Tamara Davis did very well, and there are things that I did very well. This is the key difference for me. I, I don't like the inclusion of the adults. Like, I get why for a movie you would do that. Like, I understand why you would include the adults to make it a movie. I 
think it really slowed the pace of the movie down. And as as good as the adults all were, like Deborah Messing was in it, um, they still they the songs they added for them didn't work for me. And I think thirteen, the whole kind of point of it is to be like unapologetically from the perspective of a 13 year old, meaning if you have adults there, it does kind of lower the stakes a bit for me. Like I think when it's just the kids and that's all you have and you don't have anyone else to lean on their entire, like everything they want is high stakes and it makes things more melodramatic and interesting. Like an episode of, of, uh, um, what's that? Saved by the bell. Like that's kind of how I directed it was like, this is an episode of saved by the bell. Like it's melodramatic comedy TV show where we're rarely going to see an adult. If any. I think most coming of age stories are best when the adults are either non-existent or like very much in the background. Like I'm, yeah. I, I know it's a different age cohort, but I'm thinking of little rascals. Yeah. And there's totally. very few adults very few. <laughs> in that movie. If, if like at all, and, and it uh, elevates the stakes. Yeah, like, <laughs> like what? What they're you know, Goonies is a great example. There Goonies are adults, but like very like secondary. Um, yeah, yeah. So like, or that oh, that silly movie I saw the last movie I ever saw the um, the drive through. I'm completely blanking on the name, but it was really funny. It was about these little boys. Oh yes, the I know what we the comedy one, right? Yeah. Oh um, my gosh. Such a good movie. But again, like yes. the adults aren't they're like non-existent. Like yeah, it's they're... mainly just focused on the kids. I know yeah. exactly what you mean. Because that's a good coming of age movie, the one you're talking about, where they're kind of like discovering uh, be going to high school. The name and... of that movie. I'm sure we can write it. Because isn't what's what's his name in it that that um Jacob Tremblay? What's yeah. it he, that was one of his movies where it was kind of like a different movie. Good boys. We'll find it. Good boys, yes. Googled yes, I finally saw that and thought it was hilarious. I'm going to get in trouble. I Googled recent comedy with young boys. <laughs> Don't come for me, internet police. You I had a good careful, reason. Taylor. You got to be real careful I know. <laughs> about your Googling. Um, I had a good reason. Good, good boys. <laughs> <laughs> that's really, really funny. That's really funny. Um, yes, that's another example where I think the movie would have been better the same. served. And that's the same age group, I'm pretty sure. It is. The boys are like 12, 13-ish in that movie. And I think this movie failed in in a couple different areas. But the main area being at the beginning, the opening song number, he's speaking to the camera and talking to the audience. You could have had that been all those parent moments. like he, Because that's what it is in the musical. He speaks to the audience and explains everything that's going on with his parents and like his quiet, those like quiet moments and moments of drama. Like it comes from that. So they could have just kept that convention up, but that was the only time in the whole movie that he talked to the audience was during that opening song. And it was a little weird that they never came back to that. Um, so yeah, I think to me that, but again, like it's a movie, like it, you know, it's a, it had a lot of great moments as well. There's things in there that I 100% could never do. But I still think, and I stand by it, that the same types of mistakes keep getting made with musicals 
uh, that are being turned into movies. And this this one is no different. It makes the same mistakes. So that always takes it down for me. Let's face it, Mike. Nine times out of ten, we think we could direct the movies better. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. And this is a case. Oh, this is a case where I was thinking, because I know the musical so well, during it, I was thinking, oh, yeah, I would have definitely done it that way. And also thinking, oh, no, oof, I would not have done that. That I was do- doing that a lot. Yes, definitely. Uh, but again, I directed this show. Like, I remember still blocking out and mapping out scenes for for the show. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough to turn off that, that part of your brain. Um, Taylor, uh, Josh's question for you is, did 13 Lives do the real event justice or did they take some artistic liberties to, quote, improve the story, end quote? Okay, Josh the Inquisitor. Josh has taken a shot at people trying to, quote, improve stories with dramatic license. I think Josh probably would prefer all movies to be like based on real life to be strict like this is exactly what happened but that's a documentary right like yeah you got to add some drama (laughs) so i'll be honest i did not um with a lot of movies like especially with like biopics i will if i'm watching them watching them at home i might have like wikipedia open while i'm watching the movie um or like when i get home i'll check wikipedia later I was so engrossed in this movie that, like, I didn't feel the need to fact check. Really? So, um, Dan did, like, a little bit of fact checking. It seemed, I don't know, like, so here's the thing. I don't know enough about this event. I didn't follow it in the news. So, for those who are not familiar, 13 Lives is about the Thai cave disaster. I don't know if there's, like, a name in the media for it. But essentially... 13 boys um like a soccer team go to visit a cave in thailand like they're from they're from thailand and they're they go to visit a local cave and in the course of them visiting the cave it floods and they get trapped for almost a month and the movie is about them being rescued and that's like a true story that that really happened um and from what i know about the event and it seemed pretty true to life to me, but I also, full disclosure, did not research it later to find discrepancies. Is that fair? So, like, they could have yeah. taken, like, a ton of artistic liberties, and I would have no idea. Like, it felt very authentic and very real to me. Um, So I'll have to do a little bit more research for Josh, but <laughs> I don't know. Like, it felt, uh, it felt accurate. Like, I think all of the major plot points were real like there's a point in the movie where like the little boy that i shouldn't say little boys but they are like again i think they're like 13 year olds like they're not super old and their coach is maybe like late teens early 20s um they're like oh like the the divers like how are you alive right now because at this point it's been i think over a week they've been in the caves like no food no water and they're like, oh, our coach is keeping us alive. He's taught us how to meditate. And that's true. Like, the coach was a former monk who taught them how to meditate. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's real. Wow. Um, and then there's a point right before that happens. Um, two of the divers are, like, going to find them. And they say, oh, do you smell that? 
Like they like, they like smell a smell. They don't say in the movie like what the smell is, but for, I think, dramatic license, you know, like, oh, are they smelling decomposing bodies? Like, what are they smelling? Right. But anyways, they say, what's that smell? Do you smell that? And then, and immediately afterwards they find the boys. So again, in real life, the divers did smell the boys before they saw them. Yeah. So like, yeah, like, <laughs> so like all those things did happen. So I don't know what to tell Josh. Like, those are all like, very specific examples of things that really happened. Yeah, it really like, happened and it was really in the movie. So like, I don't know. Um, and uh, yeah, so I, I don't know how much artistic liberty they took with the movie. But I will say that we've talked about this a little bit on the show, especially with like the, the music biopics. Um, I think with a movie, it's okay to take artistic license as long as it's not doing a disservice to the real people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like as long as yeah. they don't like get rid of a character entirely or like combine two characters and like, as a result, like they minimize someone's authentic storytelling. I don't know, like those things would bother me, but like for the purposes of this movie, for what I know about the events, I felt it was pretty authentic. I saw one review that said the story was good, but still incomplete, mm. but I didn't read the full review. So like, I don't know what was missing. Like the movie's already two and a yeah. half hours. That could be something they left, like some important thing that the reviewer felt they left out. Right. Like it's incomplete because they didn't tell this part of the story. Aspect. But like at a movie yeah. that's already two and a half hours, like it's kind of hard to jam more in. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, we could probably like transition right into your review because I have a couple questions about it. Because so because it's not like a documentary, so I guess there's real actors in it. Like, is there anybody in it? Like, is there anyone notable? So the people you would know movie? right away are Viggo Mor- Morganson, Mor- how okay. do I say his last name? I always have a hard yeah. time. Um, Colin Farrell. Mm-hmm. Um, so they played the two main divers from England who are um, volunteer, they're volunteer rescue divers from England. So like they have day jobs, but on the side, they're volunteer. On the they're volunteer literal. They're people. literal volunteers. <laughs> so like, there is like I will just say that there is a lot of drama and suspense, which to mm. which is not inauthentic. Like that's why I don't know if they had to take a lot of liberties because the the true story is stranger than fiction. Like that right, is true right. that these two random divers. Yeah. Were the ones who were like able to find them. That's 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 wild. That yeah, wasn't made up. they just do it on the side. Like it's not even their like main job. That's, that's yeah. Wild. And then I don't want to. It's hard with like a movie like this because all of the facts are like in the public realm. Like it's based on a true story. But like I didn't know this fact, so I'm not going to spoil it. But how they essentially are able to do the rescue. Is like the craziest thing I've ever heard. I'm like, damn it. And it's true? It's true. Like the, whatever, wow. It actually happened. So the like, crazy things. That true. wasn't made up. How they were able to do the actual rescue was real life. So you asked me who were the famous actors. So two, like those are the two people I really know. And then um, there's another actor who I definitely recognize, but I don't necessarily know him by name. Joel 
Edgerton. Oh, Edger- Joel Edgerton. Yeah, yeah. He plays a doctor and like another one of the divers. So there are, so they really highlighted four, four to five like British and Australian divers. Apparently there were many more divers from all over the world that like came to help. But this story really focuses on these four to five main divers. And as far as I can tell, they were the ones who kind of led the rescue. Like, again, but like that might have been dramatic license. You know, it might be become too much of an ensemble cast. Um, And then the rest of the actors, I think, are um, Thai. Like the actors are from Thailand. Um, So they may be famous within their own film industry, but personally I am not as familiar with them. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that was the first question you had for me. Do you have more questions? Mike? No, no I, yeah, <laughs> I do. I just, I, that was, that was one because I just, I've never heard of this and didn't do any research. It kind of came out of nowhere. Documentary. Yeah. Like that's, that's kind of, I guess what question two was where, like, if Dan wanted to watch this, where did you guys hear about it? Because I didn't even, I don't even remember seeing a preview for this if it came out this month, even on, like I have Prime. So like some, when I'm watching something, other previews and stuff, I don't even remember seeing an ad for this. Um, I knew about it because of Prime. Like I got an email or like it played as one of the trailers and I, I didn't ask Dan, but I suspect that it was also from an Amazon Prime ad. Dan is um, interested in this story. So we originally Mm. wanted to go see that documentary in the screening room and kind of life got away from us and we didn't end up seeing it. But um, the actual accident, I guess you could say, is like on Dan's radar. So that's why he knows about it. But I, by and large, I think it was through Amazon advertising, but like in the platform. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't on YouTube as far as I know, like you had to have been watching Amazon Prime or like get your like I get um, emails periodically from Amazon telling me like what's new. Yeah. And so it was that was like one of the movies they were featuring. But yeah, 13 yeah, lives. 13 and lives. Uh, um, yeah. Next. Yeah. Question. Oh, well, well <laughs> <laughs> this is guess, not our normal format for reviews. No, no I guess <laughs> I guess I'm just so. Obviously, when things are based on real a real life tragedy, right? Like, there's you, you want to be obviously careful with the subject matter. But like, did you still feel, even though you knew kind of the ending, like, did they do a good job with the tension of it? Like, was it handled relatively? I assume they didn't turn it into a laugh comedy. Like, this is, I assume, a drama. It's a drama. Like, it's a drama search it's, movie. Yeah. Okay. It's Wikipedia describes it as a biographical survival film. And that mm-hmm. to me is like, yep, like that's what this movie is about. You know, yeah. the premise is that these boys are trapped in this cave. And unless you have followed the news reports, you really don't know if the boys are going to be rescued or if all the boys are going to be rescued or like who's going to die in the process. So like the movie does a very good job of making it high stakes because you're not only worried about the boys, you're also worried about the rescue team because this is yeah. like the most like, well, I, 
I'm not a diver, so I don't know. So that might be exaggerating. But like, this is a very, very, very difficult dive in order to rescue the boys. Like you're swimming through caves that like, at one point, the divers, it's like, almost less than shoulder width. Like you how almost the heck can't did the kids get down there. <laughs> so what happened like is how... they, they walked into the cave. So like, you know, I don't know if you sure. ever visited a cave, but like they went into the cave uh, and once like... and it was the scariest thing I've ever done. Caves I, will are never scary. Go back to a cave. I don't I yeah. do not like caves and this isn't making me more confident, but yes, I've been to a cave one time. So they went into the cave and in Thailand they they have monsoon season, but there was it wasn't monsoon season yet, but like a monsoon hit very early. So like the boys didn't know mm. that it was going to rain. And like while they were in the cave, the monsoon started and this, I don't know, like the water engineering behind it, but essentially when there's a monsoon, the caves fill up. So they had yes, gone, I, that would make sense. They had yeah. gone deep enough into the cave that they found kind of like a dry area but like imagine like a cave system and like the majority of it is like full you know what i mean and you have to like swim to get out so that's why they called in the divers and so there's like the thai like royal navy like this navy they're the navy seals in thailand they're called in they're not able to do it And so they start, like, there must be, like, a roster somewhere. They, like, find these, like, random volunteer divers who have, like, who are familiar with cave diving. And they come in. So, like, and they're, like, they say, like, the Thai government is very much, like, oh, we're hoping the boy, like, all the boys are alive. And, like, the rescuers are, like, no, like, the, like, (laughs) even if the boys are alive, like, how are we going to get them out? So like, it's very (laughs) high drama in the sense Mm. that, and like, it's very claustrophobic watching the movie because I don't know. I don't know how they filmed this. People who are smarter than me might know, but like, it looks like they're actually in the caves. Like, you know what I mean? Like it shows them like swimming and like, they're like, the rocks are like cutting their hands and feet because it's like so tight navigating Mm -hmm. the channels and um so anyways filming alone was very impressive it was filmed almost like a documentary in that like title cards would tell you like what day of the rescue it was they kept um like superimposing on the screen like a map of the cave to show you where they were in the cave system and like how much time had um passed since they had started diving so like (laughs) it took from the entrance to the cave to getting the boys it's something like over six hours just to get from the mouth of the cave to the boys and then they had to swim back so like it takes half a day like 12 hours to like so like (laughs) all of that I don't know if that's real life but like it worked for the movie I was tense and like I knew what was gonna happen and I even turned to Dan and I was like is this really gonna happen like how are they like what's gonna happen I don't know so anyways I was um for two and a half hours like I was engrossed like I wouldn't want it to be a three-hour movie but like two and a half hours I was like oh my gosh like what else could happen Mm -hmm. so 
Um, acting was really good. Uh, like Vigo and Colin are like very good actors. Like there's, in my opinion, they're two of the better actors we have of this generation without being like, um, exaggerating. Like, I think they are very good. Um, and like the, the, the actors that I'm not familiar with, I think they did a very good job. Um, sometimes the writing was not super great. Like the way... Like, it wasn't the delivery of the lines. It was just, like, how the lines were constructed, where I was kind of <laughs> yeah. like, oh, you know what I'm like, you're like, really I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. I know, like, I've watched some TV recently, like, some new shows that have come out, because I've been, like, there's just been a bunch of shows where I'm like, okay, I've been waiting for this. And I've noticed time and time again, the one thing I'm criticizing is the writing, where, where I'm just thinking human beings don't yeah. sound like that. People ever. don't <laughs> talk like that. It wasn't, and, like... A lot of the movie is in, and I apologize, I don't know the native language of Thailand. Thai? They speak Thai there? I'm not sure. But the, the language they speak in Thailand, a lot of the dialogue is in that language. So, like, the subtitles read fine. That dialogue could have been clunky, too. I have no idea. Right, <laughs> but, like, right. at least the subtitles read okay. Um, but, like, aside from that, like, I really don't have a lot of complaints with this movie. I will say that survival movies are not like my first choice when it comes to movies. Mm. Just like, I don't like disaster movies. Um, but I was certainly interested in this story. Like it's a phenomenal story. Like <laughs> it's amazing that more movies haven't been made about this. There was a movie made in Thailand about it like pretty soon after the, the accident, but um, it's just really fascinating. And, but I will warn people who are squeamish. Like, it's not that it's gory, but like it is high stakes. And like, if you're very sensitive, you know, if you're thinking like, Oh, I don't want to watch these little boys be, subjected to these things you know what i mean like i don't know if i'm making sense but like it is a stressful movie to watch like it is a Mm -hmm. high stakes movie Mm -hmm. so if you're going which isn't for everyone yeah like if you want to just be entertained and you know have a nice time this movie isn't for you also interestingly it's directed by ron howard oh really oh (laughs) well there you go yeah so um overall to me this was a see it i thought it was quite good with especially with it being on amazon prime like well worth the watch but just prepare yourself this isn't like an easy breezy sunday afternoon watch but you you're making it sound very interesting like i'm i'm now somewhat interested in watching this (laughs) when i wasn't before like i'm kind of thinking oh maybe i'll watch that I, don't, I thought it was sound very good. I thought it was quite good. And in like yeah. a string of not so great movies or like movies that are coming out in the theaters that like you're like, oh, I don't know. I'm not really interested yeah. in. Like it's worth it's certainly worth a try. Um yeah. And the good news is because it's so tense, but it's a real life, you can look it up on Wikipedia and find out the ending. Yeah, so you don't have to <laughs> torture yourself yeah. for, for the whole time. So Full disclosure, you know, you can know how it ends while you're watching it. And maybe that will be less stressful for you. But 
yeah, it was just, yeah, from a technical point of view, I'm going to have to read an article about how they filmed it because it looked real. Like it looked like someone was diving in a cave. Yeah. Um, oh, I mean, like Ron Howard, to me, I, I don't know this. I just, for whatever reason, when when Ron Howard's just one of those directors where I think, oh, that's, he, he probably would use a lot of practical things. Like it he didn't, seems like still that old style director. It did not seem like CGI. Like they probably yeah. had to use CGI because especially a lot of the movie is happening during a monsoon. And there's like this yeah. super interesting side plot about the local villagers diverting the water, the monsoon from the cave. So um, it definitely wasn't like a white savior type trope where like, oh, the, you know, the British scuba divers are the ones who have to save the day. Like it very much was like everyone's involved. Like it wasn't mishandling by the Thai government. Like it was all hands on deck. It just happens to be that these four random divers (laughs) in the movie, at least these, these random divers are the ones to like actually like do the diving, I guess you could say, but yeah, I thought it was very balanced. What's so interesting to me is that like, you know, these two characters, like you're the ones you're talking about, like the the two main divers, the leads that, that they're like, on the side, they do like some rescue diving, they do diving or whatever. And like, they're used to kind of certain things. I feel like that's the type of movie I've always liked where you take an expert in something, but you throw a situation at them that is so, so like hyper, the thing, like they can be a rescue diver all they want, but they probably never thought there'll be 13 you know, 12, 13 year olds stuck in a cave filling with water that I have to get to and try to get it. Like they would, you would just never think that. And that I always like, there's just a part of me that gets excited to watch those types of movies where an expert's going to be completely out of their, their depths. And they're going to have to try to figure it like, well, yeah. what, and what how do they do? How they <laughs> figure it out, Mike, is going to blow your mind. Um, okay, well, I'm going to watch this movie. Are, you like, sold me. I'm definitely going to check it out. I will say like, there are things that... They cut out because, like, the government and, like, the rescue team did, like, think through other logistics. But, like, even in order to save the boys, but, like, even those logistics are, like, kind of crazy. Like, one example was, like, oh, we'll just, like, leave the boys in the caves until the monsoons are done. Like, they consider How long does a monsoon last? Isn't that months? Yeah, like, I think it was, like, three months they would have had to be in the cave. They would have, like dived in food but they would have like left them in the cave so like some of that stuff like they kind of allude to it in the movie but like i think this is one of those things where like you could really go down a wikipedia rabbit hole in terms of the story (laughs) because like it's just yeah stranger than fiction great makes for a great movie i'll put it that way yeah i kind of wish i watched that this weekend (laughs) instead of watch it tonight watch it tonight i I will maybe i will watch it tonight um well okay so let's switch gears here to a movie that's not remotely real or dramatic um and it's 13 (laughs) the musical so as as i kind of said the the basic plot is exactly what i described uh a young uh boy named evan is uh being basically torn out of his home 
brought to this small town in the middle of nowhere of the U.S., and he is trying desperately to make friends so people will actually come to his bar mitzvah because without people there, uh, I guess it wouldn't be very great. So that's basically what he gets. Yeah, it's like having a um, birthday party and knowing show. No, yeah, showing like up. he wants he wants people there. Um, yeah. So it what happens is in in the. It's hard because there's the movie and there's the musical and the movie's so much better. The musical's so, so much better and enriching. But basically what happens in the movie is he gets in this web of trying to help all these other preteens at the school with all their various problems to kind of get to be popular so he, he can have them all come to the party. Like he's trying to help this really popular kid uh, get his first kiss with this girl that he's liked forever. And the only re- way they could do that is to be alone. The only way to be alone would be to go to maybe like a movie, but they can't get in. Like, and th- this whole big thing of him trying to get them all into an R-rated movie. Um, and then there's this other kid who also likes the same girl and he basically gets blackmailed and helping that kid too. Like it, it ends up becoming this whole web of things. It's actually quite funny. Um, and the whole movie is about him desperately trying to to make friends and make everything work um, and connect with all these people, which is, which is really funny. Um, again, what, what the movie does not do very well is I think it like, it cuts out a lot of, a lot of stuff that, that I think would have made it better, would have made it funnier. And it was hard for me to sit there knowing the like script very well to sit there and see it kind of Cause you knew, different directions. You knew what they were cutting out. I knew exactly what they were cutting That's out. Hard. Some song, like some song choices, like I kind of understand. Like they modernized a few things. I think they were trying to modernize some of the things that happened, but I still felt what they did didn't really resonate for for the story. Um, like there were times in the movie where I felt things just felt flat. And every time, like I mentioned before, it was when the adults came on screen. Like I just didn't like. I don't care about his his mother and, and grandmother and whatever they're doing like it's not relevant to the story like the whole idea about it even it calling it 13 the whole thing that was interesting about the musicals when the musical came out it, it was released on broadway and starred 13 year olds there wasn't a single adult in the cast of the broadway show so on broadway they had 13 13 year olds in in the show so it was weird to see the movie kind of be like, well, we're going to take that really cool element away and just try to focus on the story. But I don't think there's enough there. Like what they tried to add in, they tried to give the mom a song and like have more of a connection between like a, a mother son kind of connection thing, which did just fell flat. You don't need that. No, like I, it was much funnier watching him try to deal with all like the kids um especially because he's from new york he's also jewish these are these kids don't like all the things they get wrong about the jewish faith is hilarious like the kids don't know what a a bar mitzvah is dealing with culture shock on top exactly on top of friends exactly and it's just hilarious like that's what i meant when like all the best all the best kid movies or like young adult movies don't have adults. Like that's, I, I guess I couldn't you, agree had, with you, more. you had alluded to the fact like you didn't know who this movie was made for. Like, no, I don't, when I was 13, I wasn't looking for the, the 
daughter mom relationship you know what i mean yeah. like you don't need that when you're 13 in a movie like or if, like if you would because if you yeah. had cut the parents out of this it would have read like an episode of any kid's show like drop like any kid's shows on you know the, remember the family channel yeah Right, like the Disney Family Channel. Like that, it would have read kind of like that if you took out the adults. Because there were adult characters in some of those shows, but they're usually like not parents for the most part. Like they're usually few and far between. And if they are parents, it's not really the focus. Or it's like Boy Meets World where the parents are there, but the main focus is still 100% on the kids. Yeah, the parents are there for when the problems become too big for the kids. Exactly, and then they're there and they're able to help. And that that was the thing that I just felt this movie did wrong um, because all the stuff they added for the parents and the adults didn't work for me. It wasn't funny. It slowed it down. It wasn't interesting. Like it just, the, the my favorite scene from the movie and my favorite scene from the musical happens at this movie so at one point in time he's got this girl kendra who wants to be alone with this brett kid who is also wants to be alone with kendra and they want to have a first kiss and then archie also likes kendra and wants to be there and lucy is jealous and doesn't want kendra to kiss brett and all these things right so all this is happening at this movie and he sneaks them into this r-rated movie and the movie's too gruesome for them like all their problems kind of wash away because they're screaming and yelling <laughs> watching this thing and they're horrified. And it's my favorite scene from the musical too because all this stuff's happening, but the kids are just mortified where they, they kind of forget about all this other crap that they're going through and they're, they're just watching this movie where they're like, this was a huge mistake. Why did we sneak into this movie? And they kind of do the same thing in, in the, the actual film of it where they're watching this and at times the kids scream and yell and it's like, this is too much. But they end up seeing, again, they make a weird change where the movie ends up being this kind of like romantic zombie movie where there's like a romantic scene or whatever. And that's when the kiss happens. And again, like it just doesn't work for it me. The way they change. The joke no, it doesn't land. land. The joke doesn't land. The, the moments don't land that well. Um, I don't know who this was made for because it seems like a very strange mishmash of stuff. It is filmed and even lit exactly like a, a, a Disney Family Channel TV show. Like you would swear you're watching like obviously five or six years younger of High School Musical. Like it's very, very similar with the color schemes and the like very bright colors, very well lit, like very just like this is what it is. Um, but I, I just feel like it missed the heart of what that show was about, which is about teenagers and preteens realizing how difficult navigating relationships with each other are. Like that's at the heart of it. Friendships, romantic relationships, everything. It's all difficult to navigate and they're screwing up and making big mistakes and mistakes are rising for them for the first time in their lives. Because when you're 12 and 11 and 10, relationships are a little bit more simple. And turning 13, relationships become complex. Well, and I feel like the movie just didn't, exactly because of hormones. But the, I think the movie just like didn't get it. it. Was just like, and music. And and some of the musical numbers were great. I will say this. Every single kid in this can sing and sing very well. Every single one of them can sing. 
And that was something that it did very well. Like they cast singers who could sing and perform and could dance and all the musical numbers were excellent. I just felt overall as a movie, it just felt flat for me. Um, to me, this is just an airplane. It, that's what it is. It's, it's a stick it on in an airplane. If you like musicals, you might get a kick out of it. But I just don't think, again, I can't, I don't even, I can't think of anyone I know who I would recommend this movie to. Like, I just can't, what about, again, it's like. I know, like, your sister's kids aren't this age yet, I don't think. But, like, if you had an adult friend who, like, had a 13-year-old, would you recommend it to, like, watch as a family? Or is it not not even worth no. it? No, because there's, there's not enough for an adult to get out of it. Yeah, only, one, like, one of my sister's kids is now, uh, I think he's thir- 13 or 14, turning 14. He would, he would I think he'd hate it, um, personally. Um, I think like, I think this movie is meant for that tween, like 11, 12, 13 year old. Right. It's just, I don't think it does enough. Like, and some of the music is brilliant. Like Jason Robert Brown, who, who did the music for this is a, a fantastic, um, composer and he was an up and coming young Broadway star for a while. And it's, it's a way better musical than it is a movie. And seeing the musical on stage and getting it, being able to to perf- actually do it, it's it's a fantastic story. But the movie does not do it justice, and I just I don't know who who would necessarily watch it. Like I really don't. Like I, that's why I think Airplane. It you if you're if it's worth trying, just throw it on on an airplane. If you like musicals, you might get a kick out of it. If you're looking for something that's just kind of a wholesome good time, that's really what it is. But there's not enough there for an adult. For me to recommend oh hey watch it with your family because right. the kids will really love it and there's enough for an adult where it doesn't get annoying like that's not what this movie is unfortunately and it could have been it could have been better had i directed it <laughs> but i didn't nobody called uh my phone yeah. will be answered if someone calls um but anyway that's that's all we have time for uh this week um we're we're getting a, a bit closer to our big celebration episode we will hopefully post some stuff on socials this week about casting your vote. And we're going to start those recordings soon to get everything ready for that big episode. Um, we don't know what we're going to talk about next week, Taylor, but uh, we never do no until we see what's going on. I don't even know. Again, I don't even know if anything good is coming out, but we'll see. We'll watch and see if anything always open to recommendations. So feel free to write in if you'd like us to see something. It's crazy, but we might have to start doing movies from a hat again, just for the lack of new releases. We might. <laughs> All right, guys, go see some movies. Thank you for listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast, recorded at CFRC at Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario. Queen's University sits on the traditional lands of the Haudenosaunee and Anishabi peoples. We would like to thank the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences and the CFRC Podcast Network.